This is a HeadGum Podcast. Now that your road is in blue, life is Michaela Lakeland, hello. Thank you for joining me in the singing of our national anthem, which, as you know, is Seal's Kiss from a Rose, the greatest and most beautiful song. And only song. And only song ever written. The only song that made it through the, the cataclysm. And thank God for that. Yeah. We're so lucky. We're also lucky to be here today for the sacred reason that I don't have to tell you. I know. Because you know we do this every year. Yeah. It's the annual tradition. It is the annual... The purge. <laughs> All crime is legal for the next 24 hours. No, it's... Including um, murder. It's the, uh, the October one. Oh, 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 oh. The final... The podcast one. Yeah. Where we talk about... Our sacred text, which, as I'm sure I don't have to tell you. Do I, Michaela? No. No, no, no. I'm Michaela. You're Michaela. I'm Michaela. You're Lakeland. I know. Which I'm sure I don't have to tell you is the Babysitter's Club Club podcast. The only thing that has been passed down to us from the ancients, from the before people. It is our holy writ. And every year at this time, we gather to celebrate their final episode where all was made clear. The deities. The dual deities. The deities. Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring. Our revered, our beloved, our gods, our only hope, <laughs> Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring. And their greatest work. Yes. The final episode of the Babysitter's Club Club podcast. As you know, what they went on to do next was so great that even here... On this recording, here in the future, which is the present for us, but would Current be day. the future for someone else. Even here, we cannot talk about what they did next. If someone in the past was listening to this... Mm-hmm. Were listening to this. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it would be their future, but for us, it's right. the present day. That is a surprising amount of exposition, Michaela. I mean, you're the one who said it all, but... <laughs> As you know, it's a rich tradition in this, the present, someone's future. We call it chapter twoing. <laughs> That's right. It's where you provide as much context for something as possible mm-hmm. as you begin talking about it. Michaela, let's... Today is a day mm-hmm. of glory. Today is a day of celebration. We're all exuberant today, mm-hmm. but it's also a day of mourning. A day of sadness. Yeah. <sighs> because, because our revered podcast has an end and that ending we will celebrate here live as is our tradition jumping in occasionally to weigh in with our commentary on these sacred words from these sacred men and so i'm going to fire up the quantum stabilizer future tech podcasting equipment that we have here and there is Uh almost no tech sorry did i say future tech yep current Current tech. tech 
quantum podcasting equipment. And there's almost no chance I'm told that this will accidentally be broadcast back into the past, which would be very confusing for people in the past, though for them it would be their present. Right. I'm going to take the sacred tapes out of the tomb. Okay. Where Jack and Tanner's bodies are kept with their entire catalog. And their cats. And their cats. And Mm -hmm. dog. (laughs) Uh And I'm going to put them into the quantum... What did you call it? Flux machine? Uh Uh-huh. And we're going to start listening. All right. And hopefully no one from the distant past is listening in somehow. That's a strange worry to have. Can happen. Well, let's begin. Let's begin. Let's let's put on our solemn, serious faces and begin now. Let's begin. And now the second most beautiful tune. In '86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult series of books about. Girls from Stony Brook, the babysitters club in all 16 to idiots began a podcast to follow up on Anne's body of work. And thus was Baby Nation born, the babysitters club, 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 club. Final episode, and now it's time. The Babysitters Club Club. Ready? I'm not in the mood, and I think this is going to be sad. Ready? Are you recording? Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Smiles. Smiles. You're just you're just stretching your lips. That's not even an approximation of a smile, and your tongue is hanging out of your mouth. Smile. I'm not in the mood for this. Well, we got to fucking do it. It's a fun week away. I'm on vacation in Austin. I came down here just to hang out with my bud and not record the finale of our show. <sighs> we owe it to these girls and to the baby nation. To fucking put this to bed. What do we do? We gotta talk about this book, man. Look at Jenkins. He's the- sleeping in such a way that one of his eyes is open, like pride open. You can <laughs> see his gross, like, inner eyeball. You see it? I see it. Uh, listeners can. Jenkins. Jenkins. Jenkins, wake up. It's weird. To- Jenkins, wake up. It's I don't like looking at it. <laughs> Jenkins. Jenkins. <laughs> Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> just rolled out like what <laughs> if you go to sleep Jenkins again close both of your eyes please you can't you can't <laughs> oh, we read a book today my man uh, I read it on the flight down here to Austin I'm in Austin baby nation hello I'm in Jack's tiny hot little tool room where he keeps his weights and his tools and his boxes where he and his cats poop. 
Jenkins is here and he keeps almost <laughs> closing his eyes, but not quite. And it's scary. This is where I come to lift weights and look at my drills. Tomoyo is here. Yeah. I've missed her. Should I turn her to face you? Yes, please. Let's talk about this novel. <sighs> okay. 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 I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. We've been drinking all day. Mm-hmm. And riding around on electric scooters. Yep, they're called lime scooters. Making a menace of ourselves. Baby Nation, they go 17 miles an hour. It's so very seen scary. One man of average height and one man of above average height zipping around the streets of Austin this week. That was me and Jack. And we're sorry. And Cyril's here, Baby Nation. And he's sad that Uncle Tanner is in here recording and not out there playing fun games with him. Yeah. So you might hear him cry in the background. It's just because he misses his Uncle Tanner. Yes. And any other news? This is the final book of the series. This is the final book of the series. Yeah. And we've read it and we've discussed how we're going to cover it. And what we decided was to just stay true to our roots and stay honest to who we are and record an episode and cover it as though it were any other book. Any other book. But it is not any other book. This was a book for the ages. I have never read anything like what this book was like. There's so much pressure. I feel so under pressure right now. Okay. To do this right and to give this book the treatment I feel like it deserves. And I'm feeling pressured and I'm feeling uncomfortable. Yes. And you're bringing a weird energy. Okay. I can't quite describe how or why. Okay. But your energy is weird and you're freaking me out. Cat is sleeping in a more normal way. Cat is sleeping in a more normal way, but it was freaking me out earlier. Okay. It's hot in here. It's hot in this fucking state. I told you before we started recording, no more complaining. Hi, hi, and welcome to the final episode. Club. Of the Babysitter's Club. 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 I'm Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Daniel Greenring. And each week, we talk about a new book in the great, epic, sprawling sitter's cycle by the hand that shakes. She is the princess of the Prince of Town, St. Annabelle Matthews, Martin Stormborn, Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks, Bane to Bats, and Queen of Fire. The first of her name. The last of her kind and the last hope for humankind. This week, we're going to be talk about. We're going to be talking about. We're going to be. We're going to. We're going to be talk about. You dare. We're going to be talk about the last book. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how I had a verbal miscue. That'll be fun. That's embarrassing for you. (laughs) That's why I jumped on it. We're going to be talking about the final book in the series, The Fire at Marianne's House. It was a very good and weird book, Tanner. Stop looking around my room for... Tanner's looking around the room to be like, uh, is that a bag? And then expect me to, like, riff off of that. Oh, are those... Are those curtains? What do you do with those charcoal briquettes? I have barbecues. Fire, Tanner, fire. You can't escape it. What a book, man. And, of course, it was Alan Miles. Of course it was Ellen Miles. I didn't Miles. like that it was Ellen Miles. Ellen Miles got a lot of play at the end of these books, and I'm not blaming Ellen Miles for the decline in, of these books. They haven't declined. Really? You think that this was a poor book? I thought it was a good book, but obviously sales were down. Obviously the books were a lot oh. less popular than they were at one point because they canceled them pretty abruptly. Well, you know what? Here's a theory. 
they didn't cancel the books. Ellen Miles just went rogue and burned these girls. And then they're like, well, we can't continue after this. The girls have been all burned up. The girls are burned. They didn't even look. The Scholastic Liars were on like autopilot at this point. They didn't even read it. They just rubber stamped it. And then they heard later in the fucking press that Ellen Miles burned the girls. And they're like, what are we going to do now? Friends forever? They're all burned. Did you read the happy reading? Yeah. It sounded like they already had friends forever in the can. Yeah. And they, it's weird because like reading the books prior to this one, Leading up to this one, you wouldn't expect that they knew that the series was about to end. No. It kind of seemed like they thought they were going to be able to milk this cash cow forever. Yeah, Stacy's making a movie. But then all of a sudden, this one, I think it's very clear that they knew this series book was ending. It's over. They got word from the Leviathan. I think Ellen got word. She went out on one of her fucking trips. She walked into the ocean. The boat just rose from the waves. Yeah, that's what it does. She got in. And it's skeleton crew. Not skeleton crew in like the yeah overnight crew sense of the word, literal. but like literal skeletons, skelly bones. Yeah. <laughs> Where to, Captain? She just points to the yeah. horizon. They sailed over the edge. Yeah. And what she came back with, no one could have expected. The scholastic liars were like, "What are you going to do with book one, three, two? And Ellen was like, "There will be no one, three, two. Yeah. The girls burn. The girls burn. <laughs> Now that your roses in bloom, the light hits the gloom on Now, Lakeland. Michaela. Are we gonna sing Seal every time we come in from a, for, for our commentary? Michaela. Yes. It sounds to me. And I know I'm wrong here, but it sounds to me almost like you don't want to sing our holy national anthem. I definitely do want to sing it. Because, as you know, I file a report to the authorities every week, and I would have to write that down. I want to sing it. I love singing it. Okay. I just, my concern is that the more time we spend singing, Mm. the less time we spend talking about the sacred text that is a very pious observation (laughs) thank you that's why we're here today it's the reason for the season as you know it certainly is the reason for the season it's also the reason for everything that we do in this society here in the present which is the future for people from the past while i am blaspheming Mm -hmm. can i raise an observation that i've haven't had the last 200 years that you and I have been doing this together. <laughs> Has it been that long? Yeah. Uh, Ever since we reached adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> we broke out of our chrysalisks. Yeah. Yep, now I remember. Emerged as men. Yeah. <laughs> this is an observation I've never noticed before, but why is it that our deities, these great men, hmm. never made the connection between Smiles for Miles, Ellen Miles... And the elusive, mysterious, smiling men on Hodges, Swallows, book cover paintings before. I can only assume, Michaela, that it was because they thought it was too obvious to even bother pointing out. 
The connection is very clear for anyone who's been paying attention. I mean, I know that. Obviously, I know that. And all of our greatest scholars remark on it in all of their annotations to these great podcasts. So the fact that our great men did not see fit to mention it is certainly not an oversight. No, of course not. I don't think they're capable of mistakes. No, and as you know, they're about to have what we think of as one of the holiest discussions ever recorded, where they talk about all of their greatest storytellers, including Zack and the Castle Man. So I hope you will indulge me in listening quietly while they do that. Let's begin. Let's begin. Oh, anyway, we're just going to record a full episode, huh? And this is just it. And then we go lay in a field. Yes, and die. Well, that's implied. Yeah. Um, What about I describe the book? Put 60 seconds on a big bad clock that I happen to have right here. You can see it. Have you describe it? Any objections? He's making mouth noises. It's unfortunate. Hopefully somebody will edit that out. Fine. Fine. Now you're bringing a weird energy. There's so much pressure around this. What about if we just go through the paces, man? We've been doing this forever. It's like it's like uh, chariots of fire, man. You know, we've been training and training. And it's the big race. Keep saying. It's the big race. And I'm actually I'm thinking of Gallipoli. I don't know the theme song to that. You can do Chariot to Fire. Dun, 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 so it's Gallipoli, dun, right? We're runners. Dun, 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 we spent our dun, lives dun, training to run. But dun, now dun, we're running dun, dun, over the top. Dun, dun, dun. That's another movie. It's World War Armistice movie. Dun, 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 and it's the greatest massacre in modern warfare. But what do we do? We just rely on our training. We know how to move those legs and swing those arms. I think you're describing traits. We jump out over the barracks, and we just run, and we're gunned down in slow motion. It's a really sad movie. It's not Chariots of Fire. It's Gallipoli. Chariots of Fire is also about 1920s runners, though. Okay. That's why I confused them at the beginning. Tanner, focus in. What I'm saying is use your training, and also we're going to get gunned down at the end of this. Oh, thank God. Okay, I'm going to describe this novel, then we'll put 60 seconds on Big Bad Clock. Have you described the novel? Then we'll talk about it. What if Okay. we just didn't describe it? Do any of this. The show can't end if we don't end it. Let's go on hiatus. Okay. We're on in-depth Baby Nation starting now. Sorry for such a short episode, but it was yeah. just to announce that starting now we're on indefinite hiatus. We will be back. We will be back. Yeah. But it's unclear when. Mm-hmm. So... To talk about the fire yeah. at Marianne's house. So stay tuned. Yeah. I've been Tanner Greenring. No, let's not end it now. Let's describe the novel. Okay. Okay. I am going to begin. Yep. You ready? Yep. Sarah and Cyril are... Making a, making a roll racket in the kitchen. Putting together a, a <laughs> vintage Jeep in the kitchen. <laughs> They're, they're, they come they, they come apart in like very manageable ways so you can like move them through battlefields. Yeah. And they've taken one apart outside and they've moved all the pieces inside individually. Yeah. And they're reassembling it in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Which is the sound you hear. And the, yeah. it'll be like very surprising to us when we like pop out to use yeah. the bathroom in a bit. It's like, yeah. what is, the, why is there a Jeep here? Yeah. And that's why Sarah's singing, I think. <laughs> 
Yeah. Just to kind of keep whistle while you work type of thing. Cover the sound. Yeah. The Jeep being built. Yeah. And the child screaming. Yeah. Um, I am going to describe this novel. Mm. You ready? Yep. From the beginning, even in the happy times, there were hints of Baby Nation, keep in mind, Jack wrote this uh, description in my presence a little while ago, and he said that I couldn't accomplish in five hours what he accomplished in five minutes of writing this description. So if you're driving, I suggest you pull over. (laughs) If you're standing doing the dishes, I suggest you sit, take a seat. If you're pregnant, I, I wouldn't listen at all. Yeah. If you have the great pleasure of sitting across from me, yeah, I suggest you try to pay attention. Yeah. Um, but yes, that is a literal quote. What I did in five minutes, Tanner would take five hours yep. to do. So strap in. Okay. This is going to be very good. Ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is going to be so good, Baby Nation. Good. I'll begin now. Yeah. From the beginning, don't say stuff. From the beginning, even in the happy times, there were hints of it. I need sorry. To, I yeah. needed to stop. Do you want to start over? Yes, and okay. I want you to make no noises. What if I involuntarily gasp at something? Do it off mic. Okay. Move your face away from the mic to okay. breathe. Okay. From the beginning. Are you mad because I said it took me five minutes and it would take you five hours? No, I'm just very excited. Well, stay away from the mic. I'm away from it. And don't make any noises. And now you've heard this part before, so you're not going to gasp at the beginning of okay, it. Okay, I won't make any noises. I'm away from the mic. Okay. From the beginning, even in the happy times, there were hints of it. I, that was a noise. I didn't make a noise. What, you want to go out? Why don't you go out of the room and I'll do it? And no noises on the door. <laughs> He's peering in. Don't. I didn't start. Just stop banging on the door. From the beginning, even in the happy times, there were hints of it. No. <laughs> I can. That picks up. What? <laughs> you obviously can't even hear it. Stop it. I can't, I, I can't. Let me know when you're done. No way. I'll just, I'll read this later. What? <laughs> Come in, close the door, sit down, and let me get through this, then we can move on to talking about this novel. You're just running distraction at this point. <laughs> it was raining. Okay. I need to get in the right headspace, and you're not helping. Yeah. The, a description this good requires a reading yeah. of a quality that matches it. Yeah. And no, I can't I do that if I'm not in the right headspace. No, I agree. Yeah. Okay. From You're not moving your mic? <clears throat> From the beginning, even in the happy times, there were hints of it. A spark that never caught. A stray piece of tinder in a dry area. A struck match. No one thought much about it at the time, but deep down, they knew. Deep down in the dark places of their souls that they'd learned to avoid or to fear. They knew what was coming. They knew what everything they were building together would come to in the end. They knew, somehow, even in their joy and their fellowship and their delight in each other's company, they knew that as hopeful and 
promising and downright beautiful as it was when it started. It was always going to end in fire. The fire at Marianne's house. I have chills just from reading that. Oh, man. (laughs) Did you, like, find some memes online? Oh. He got quiet. As a man might do, who's looking up funny memes. What a what a rush. <laughs> Can you believe it's over? Jenkins is doing it again. Stop it. He's not asleep. He's he's awake. He's just observing. He's just watching with one eye closed. He's captivated by my description. I was too. Yeah. Um, good. Very good, Jack. Thank you. Wow, that was just as good as I expected. You're right. It would take me five hours to do something that good. And I can't believe I sat and watched you write it in less than five minutes. Here's a bunch of sentences and phrases that are related to fire. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. I'm going to have you describe this book. Let's see how you you earlier were saying that you're the best in the world at this. Okay, let's. <clears throat> I'm going to take a run at it. You said that what it would take you 60 seconds to do would take anyone else, even the greatest storyteller, 60 hours. That's what you said. Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. (laughs) Yeah, Zack Snyder. It would take him 60 hours. Let me do a Jack run at it. You ready? This is just off the dome. Okay. Give me space. What do you want? For you to quietly listen in awe. Okay. The strike of a match. An ember floating on the breeze. <laughs> a paper lantern floating on the breeze. <laughs> These are all fire things. And sometimes, if you play too close to the fire, you get burned. And then do like a telephone filter over me saying you get burned. Okay. Babysitter's Club, number 131, The Fire at Mary Ann's House. So. <laughs> that was just off the top of your head? Yeah. Yeah, right. You wrote that before. Didn't write a single word of that. No way. I just came up with all of that. I saw you. comparable to what you did. Yeah, well, when we put some music behind minutes. it. five minutes. <laughs> and then the cool sound effect where okay. it's like. Oh, the telephone thing. Sometimes when you play with fire, like pregnant pause. You get burned. You get burned. Also, I'll, I'll add a pause because you kind of forgot to leave one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that in post. Okay. Good. Well, all right. I take it all back. You're the best in the biz. Now let's hear you describe this. like this. Number okay. one, yeah. Zack Snyder. Number two, you. Tanner Green Ring. Number yeah. three, me. Anne. Anne. Yeah. Four, Pete. Five, Ellen. Six, Suzanne. Seven. Ooh, tough hit for Nola. Nola. Eight. Entity. No offense. Nine. Vicky. Burger. Ten. Diane. Mollison. Mollison. Yep. And then me. Eleven is probably whoever writes that show, Castle. Castle? Yeah. With uh, Firefly? Firefly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then maybe you're f- you're in the you're in the. You're somewhere there. Oh wow! So right I'm like there. I'm like right up there with the castle guy. Yeah, I was one of the so. great storytellers. Yeah, 
I would say so. So that's 14 um, item list I just said on the podcast. Very captivating. Uh-huh. Do when, do you want me to do? Do you remember the <coughs> the album Kerplunk? No. It had like a a lady on the cover. It was like an illustration of a lady. It was all white and green. The album cover. Oh yeah. And the inside liner notes was a story about a woman killing her, I think, parents in order to get Green Day tickets. Okay. She, she's number fourteen. Oh, the person who wrote that. Yeah. Okay. And then you're fifteen. Okay. Or lower. Okay. We stopped keeping track at fifteen. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so I didn't make it into the top fifteen. Maybe you could have. Okay. You could be fifteen. It's we don't keep track. Well, there is no one in the world that I would rather listen to describing what happens in this novel in sixty seconds than you. Thank you. Therefore, I will put sixty seconds on. Sarah's this. here. She'd probably be happy to do it. You wouldn't rather listen to her. Do I you? don't think she would. She hasn't read it. Oh, just do you want me to do it? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna put sixty seconds on this big bad clock. I need you to bring some energy, some excitement, and describe this weird and difficult book. Are you ready? Yep. I'm gonna put 60 seconds on this big bad clock starting now. Marianne is reading a magazine. In it, they have a contest to see who the best babysitter is, and she decides that um, she and the babysitter's club would win that if they entered, so she enters them. And what they need to do is write a history of the babysitter's club and get testimonials from all of their cities and write an essay about why they love babysitting so much. And then they get into some like antics and like Charlotte Johansson agrees to go and collect testimonials from all the kids and all the kids like end up doing these testimonials that they think sound rad, but are actually like out of context, make the babysitter sound bad. Um, and then um, something happens and then th- Marianne's unable to finish the history part, so the kids of Stony Brook all get together with Christy, and they finish the history, and they send off the package. End time. Exactly one minute. Yeah. Nailed it. Let me read to you, Tanner, the final line of this novel and of the entire sitter's cycle. Okay. And then I'd like for you to reflect on it in the context of what you have just said. Okay. Okay? Okay. You know, she pointed out gently, sometimes good things grow from bad things. Maybe this really is a chance for a new beginning. I nodded, but I didn't feel the truth of what Don was saying. Maybe someday I would. That was something I could hope for. In the meantime, I would have to hang on to what I had. These few sad objects saved from the fire and the love of my friends and family. With these things, I would begin a new life. You say fire? Yeah. I don't remember that. You don't remember. There was a fire? Anne Uh and Ellen. Uh Uh-huh burned these girls they burned our precious club to the ground (sighs) i don't want to talk about it (sighs) i don't want to talk about it and i don't want to deal with it and you you're bringing an energy (laughs) and you're making the mood in this room bad (laughs) and you're bringing an energy that i don't like 
And I would prefer that we just stick to the B-plot for this one and kind of skirt around the periphery of this book a little bit and just go on hiatus, indefinite. We will be back. Okay, listen to this. If you don't want to talk about the fire, do you want to talk about the flood, the deluge? I don't remember that either. I genuinely don't remember that. This is a line from your and my favorite poem, The Wasteland. In a flash of lightning, then a damp gust, bringing rain. But the rain never comes in the wasteland. And the rain, the cleansing rain, the rain that will put out this fire, it won't come in this book either. Marianne's tears won't come. Oh, yeah, that's true. Marianne, ever the crybaby, will cry at anything. At anything, but she can't cry. She can't cry in this book. Her house burns to the ground, and she can't cry. Reach. She's reaching. Marianne in this book is reaching Mm -hmm. for something in the distance. Yeah. And it's so close, she can almost taste it. Yeah. And eventually, she just releases her inhibitions, Mm -hmm. and she feels the rain on her skin. Okay. And no one else can feel it for her. Right. Only she can let her in. Who? No one else. No one else. Well done. speak the words on your lips. My lips. Trench yourself in words unspoken. Live your life with arms wide open. Creed? Today is where your book begins. The rest is still unwritten. Natasha Bedingfield? Yeah. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for your contribution to that conversation. Mm. I just like, it's the last episode. I wanted a few opportunities (laughs) to get some singing in. You know what? We can do whatever we want. Working on my reel. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Is your reel just clips from our podcast where you sing? Yeah. Just trying to get some the get some talent scouts interested because I don't know what's going on after this, Jack. <sighs> so I got to put myself out there a little bit, find some new business for myself. <sighs> they burned. They burned the girls. They didn't want any chance of resurrecting them. Oh, by the way, baby nation, Marianne's moving to Philadelphia. Yeah. <sighs> fire was introduced to this universe, right? Promethean think... fire was introduced early, potentially way back in book number. 35. Yeah. Stacy and the Mystery of Stony Brook. Yes. When Anne's Stacey, final book. First, Anne's final book. Yeah. When Stacy first had a vision of fire as Stony Brook Manor burned down in her dreams. Right. It was the first time any of these girls had ever visualized fire before. Right. And it was fire creeping into this universe because Anne broke time. Yeah. Broke reality. Like Prometheus, she stole fire from the gods and there will be a penance. Yeah, for that, and in the mystery, Stacy in the mystery of Stony Brook, Anne's final book, Anne revealed how that happened. Stacy sees a vision of fire. Yeah, it's the weirdest book, and we talked about it at the time. It's such a strange book, and now it makes sense because Stacy sees this vision of fire in the old house. Yep, and it's never explained why or how she saw it. She sees a swarm of bees. And she sees a vision of fire. She sees those two things, and then she meets old Rubber Nose, and we know what Rubber Nose is an anagram for, burn or bees. Or bees. That's the choice. Anne is signaling what she did, the fire that she stole 
to trap these girls in amber and the price that she will have to pay, which is that she would have to choose between the fire or the bees, these girls who are bees. If you're new to this podcast, I really think you shouldn't have started here. Yeah. This is a bad place to start because it's the final episode. <laughs> yeah. But the fire has finally I don't even know. I don't I don't know the properties of it. I don't know how right. fire works. Yeah. But Mary Ann's house burned down. Right. Which is not something I covered in my recap. No. You missed it. Because I was afraid to talk about it. Yeah. But Mary Ann's house burned down and it created this moment in the time continuum that allowed for Mary Ann to escape to Philadelphia. Right thereby ending the seven sitters, destroying everything that Anne had built. (sighs) But in that process, Tanner, I believe, destroying the bad things, the factions, the ghosts that inhabited that house. I'm not so sure. Okay. I think Anne did this. I think Anne corrupted this universe in such a way that created the factions, A. Right. And B, turn the timeline from the bright timeline starring Will Smith and Joel Egerton to the dark timeline. Mm -hmm. And she hasn't destroyed that. She has just created an opportunity for the girls to escape. That's the best she could do. Yeah. Somewhere out there, that timeline is still like boiling away and like eating itself and destroying itself. The dark timeline. The girls just managed to escape. Oh, yeah. The fire at Mary Ann's house is just the beginning. Next, there's going to be a fire at Watson's house. Yeah, it'll There's going to be a, a fire on Elm Street. Stacy's house is going to go down. Yeah. They'll burn that fucking lighthouse that we just discovered. Yeah. The whole of Stony Brook is going to burn. It's going to burn. But I think, Tanner, that Anne saw another way. She realized that it wasn't a choice between burn or bees. She could do both. The way out was to burn the bees. Burn the bees. Burn the bees. That's not the anagram. Do both. That it's not burn or bees. Rubber bro- Nose was lying. Why would he need to lie? He's uh, uh, Okay, let me ask you this. You go into a haunted manor where you see a... I don't really remember this book that well, but I think this is what happens. Okay, where I'm you, with you so far. Okay. What am I doing there? You're going into it. Looking for ghosts? Or? You saw some flames in the window. You saw a vision of flames in the window. What's it? Yeah, you're gonna fuck a ghost. <laughs> Whispering right. it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. That's you're bringing me there. That's what you need to get into yeah. the headspace. Okay. Fine. Okay. You're gonna. Uh oh! I'm all alone in this house. <laughs> you're a ghost hunter. Mm. <laughs> but the doing it kind. Hunting for something. Ghosts. Ghost sex. Yeah. Specifically. Okay. Good. Okay. Fine. You're hunting for. <laughs> you're out there hunt for ghosts. You see, and you're walking around in the neighborhood, and you're like, I wonder where I'm going to see some ghosts. Then you see this haunted manor that has flames in the, a vision of flames in the window. Mm -hmm. That looks good, you say to yourself, but hot. Yeah. Literally. Okay. I'm with you. It's, uh, it's number 69 Elm Street. Ooh! (laughs) (laughs) Ooh! The sex number. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, wow, because that was I just pulled that. No, you know. that's a known sex number. Okay. People do sex to that number. Oh, uh, like what? Like how? I'm not quite sure, but like I hear that it's a sex number. That I heard that it's because that's how long it takes to do it. Sixty nine. The sex seconds. Seconds. So yeah. you said sex. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let me just get you through this because I'm already like a few steps away from. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The point that I was trying to make. 
you go into an old haunted manor looking mm-hmm. for ghosts for whatever, maybe just to make friends. Okay. And maybe down the line, whatever happens, happens. There'll be a spark. Okay. Something will happen. Yeah. You see a flame in the window. You walk into the manor, and what do you see? You see an old, wizened, old, scary old man. Okay. That's not what I'm attracted to. And he says, I'm old rubber nose. Okay. And then he says to you, and I think this is a direct quote from the book. It's been a while since I read it. He says to you, Stacy. Stacy, you must choose. Or peace. Okay. And she's like, oh, you know what's interesting? What? That's an anagram for your name. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now listen to me and answer me this. Mm. Tanner. Mm. Do you think that guy was definitely on the level? Which guy? I forgot. Rubber nose. He's a ghost? Probably. You said, you, I told you what you know. You walked into what seemed like a haunted mansion, a wizened Horny old man. Horny as hell. It's not, it's incidental. A wizened old man. I just can't get there mentally. Okay, well, you, we've stipulated it. Fine. Unless you, this is why you're number 15 or lower. Because you're not a great storyteller. Okay, fine. You're fine. It's fine. You can do an okay job, but you don't bring me there. Okay, all right. I'll bring you there. You don't put me in the space. I did 69 Elm Street. Oh, oh. Hell yeah. <laughs> and you are, you're, you, you got a, you got the, the feeling. The, uh-uh. uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forgot what we were talking about. Okay. Listen, you met a wise. Burn the bees. No, he, listen, I'm just saying, is it possible that that person is lying? Or are you going to be like, oh, definitely. I'm going to trust this fucking old ghost. He said who he's told He's <laughs> forget it. What I'm saying is, Anne found another way out. She defeated the Kobayashi Maru. That's the Star Trek reference. Yeah, you don't de- you don't defeat it. Kirk didn't defeat. Yeah, he did. He broke it. No, he won again. He won the unbeatable game. Let's not get no, sidetracked on that. Okay, but it feels like you're baiting me because he didn't win it. It's he unwinnable. found a way out. So- he out of broke it. it. No, that's bullshit. He won it. Let's let's not quibble about this. Okay, fine. But that's what Anne did. She she was faced with an impossible choice, burn or bees, and she decided to do both. Burn the bees. She burned the girls. Now that your rose is in blue, light hits the room on the grave. That was a very enthusiastic rendition, Michaela. Oh, thank you, Lakeland. It just, I feel it in my soul like a fire mm. that needs to erupt out of me. Seal's kiss from a rose. Well, that's more like it. I will be certain to take that down and report it. Having spent centuries now mm. with it being <laughs> the only song in existence Mm. I've really come to know it very intimately and I'm actually surprised that you didn't sing it more capably or enthusiastically it kind of sometimes when you sing it Mm. it sounds like you've never really heard it before (laughs) or maybe like once heard it a long time ago when Batman and Robin came out I think excuse me (laughs) nothing (laughs) nothing 
I'm speaking nonsense. You're speaking gibberish. Are you so inspired? I apologize. I'm I'm speaking in tongues essentially. Okay. Just so enraptured by the music of Seal. I'm enraptured by the music of Seal as well. And in fact, these discussions that you and I have are the only times when I am not playing that song on repeat. No, I know that. And I would want everyone to know that. Yeah. Well, listen, Michaela, we've just listened to some of the most sparkling verbal fireworks in history. Do you notice sometimes, Lakeland, that when we talk for too long, yeah, we both slowly start to slip into the great men's characters, the deep voice boys, a little bit? <laughs> were those characters? In 200 years, it's the first time I'm realizing that. I thought they were their friends Oh, who were brought on. Oh, no, I think you're right. Okay, I because it would, be, right. it would be quite a job of acting yeah. to portray such a vastly different person, an entirely different vocal inflection. Yeah. No, they must have been different. Yeah. I mean, the great men are capable of, of a lot of things, but... Certainly. So accurately portraying two other men, two or more other men, yeah. with such different vocal characteristics. <laughs> yeah. Is, that's witchcraft. Well, I couldn't help but notice from this last discussion, Michaela, yeah. that they had a disagreement about something which is lost to time, the Kobayashi Maru. We can't know what that is, and unfortunately, there's no way that you and I, as interpreters of this text, will ever be able to get to the bottom of who was correct in that disagreement. Unfortunately, the only thing that we have that has passed down to us through the ages is this small scrap from their Wikipedia, which states... Very unequivocally, William Shatner portrays Captain James T. Kirk, the first person able to defeat the Kobayashi Maru test. But that's all we have, and it's almost impossible to know from that whether Tanner was right or Jack was right. Lakeland, Lakeland, you're forgetting. (laughs) There's another fragment here from this Wikipedia that I have... (laughs) From another great Star Trek film called Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, which reveals pretty unequivocally, as you said as well, that Kirk cheated on the Kobayashi Maru by changing a subroutine so that Klingon vessels were vulnerable to photon torpedoes. Do you, maybe you don't have access to this fragment from history. I'm not following again. It sounds like gibberish to me. Lieutenant Savick told Kirk that he'd never really faced the no-win scenario before. And then he said he didn't believe in such a thing. You seem to know an awful lot about something that we only have a single remaining fragment of, Michaela. Well, as I just said, there's actually two fragments that apparently you forgot about. Well, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the fact that Anne burned the bees. And the question I want to ask you, Michaela, is was this an incredible act of sacrifice that saved us all? Or was it an act of pure evil that should never have been contemplated? I think perhaps it was just written in their fates, Lakeland. Mm. If you'll remember Stacy in the Mystery of Stony Brook... Of course. Stacy in a fever dream, has a vision of fire. Mm. And because of that, she is killed off and replaced by this new Stacy. Mm. Well, one of two new Stacys. Either Replacey mm-hmm. or Stacy the Snow Golem. Mm. Do you remember that? I, I do. Because I think we cut it out of... Or I think the great men, mm. the deities, may have cut the snow golem stuff. Mm. But then they do constantly refer to it as though it was a good 
line of comedy for them. <laughs> if I didn't revere these great men so much, Michaela, I would say that the Replacey line of the story was something that was picked up at some point and then never really properly fleshed out. But I know that that would be blasphemy. Yeah. The important part is Stacy was killed off because she got too close to the truth. And that, as you know, is a central tenet of our global religion here in the present. Also, she was bad. Yes, Stacy was also bad. Like, we get it. You're, you have diabetes, you're from New York. That's actually something I've never understood. How can you be from a place that is five miles underwater? Shall we continue listening? Let's continue. Let's continue. You think Anne did this? What if it's just entropy? What if it's just the world she created collapsing in on itself and getting so hot from kinetic energy that it ignited? It's not just one world. The multiverse. When she had them repeat every year, every year they repeat, every choice they make in those years creates another fucking world. More friction. Yeah. More heat. Out of control, and then it burns. I don't think it was Anne. I think Anne would have liked to keep these girls in this bubble forever. Yeah. And eventually, there was a flashpoint. And that flashpoint happened right on this cardinal moment in the BSC universe and in this this waypoint, the house. The house. The house. We keep coming back to the house. The ghost at Dawn's house. Mm? The ghost at Dawn's house. It's book number five. Yeah. That's where we're introduced to this fucking house. This house has been instrumental in these girls' lives since the very beginning. Since the very beginning. And if you buy into the theory that Richard Spear is responsible for what we call Amber Theory. Right. When he went to Anne after his wife died to ask her to make sure that Marianne could never grow older so she wouldn't die. Right. In his madness. Yeah. And Anne agreed. Right. And I buy into that theory. I certainly do. You think so? Yeah. He wanted her to be in pigtails forever. They say it every fucking chapter too. How are you going to do that unless you ask a bigger power for help? I think it's beyond our scope as lay people. Yeah. To really dig into this. Well, let me read you a quote from this text, The Fire at Marianne's House, about this house. Please. About this house that is described in The Ghost at Dawn's House as being like a doll's house. Like a doll's house, Tanner. Does that ring any fucking bells for you? Yeah, doll's. Yeah, dolls. Listen to this from this text. One of the factions. At some point, if you would, uh, you know what a person who's good at describing books would have done? As mm. they would have described this so I didn't have to do exposition. Mm. At some point, Marianne, in the middle of the night, wakes up, gets on her bike in the dark, and then Ella Miles goes on this like fucking G.I. Joe knowing is half the battle digression where Marianne is like, don't worry, I put my oh, helmet yeah. on. <laughs> It's very dangerous to ride your bike around at night, so don't do it. I I had to. <laughs> and she rides in the middle of the night to the charred embers of her house. Yeah. Oh, her house burns down. Did we cover that? No. Okay. <laughs> With all this in mind, I walked the bike down the driveway, threw my leg over the bar, and rode off into the darkness. Where was I going? To my house. I don't know where the urge came from. It didn't make sense. None at all. But something drew me there. Something deeper than sense. The house is calling to her. 
The house is the locus for all of this energy. And then fucking Dawn is fucking there. Dawn is also called to the house, not just from Christie's house that evening, but all the way from California. All the way from California. Yeah. Marianne is like, Dawn, that's so fucking crazy, but I felt like I needed to go to this house. And Dawn says, I know how it feels. I'm drawn to this place, too. And they burned it. And now Marianne's going to escape. I assume. I don't know. Yeah. You know what goes unresolved in this book? What? Whether or not Marianne and the Spears moved to Philadelphia. Yeah. Whether or not the girls won that fucking contest. Oh, they send in the essay. They put too much work into that. They put a lot of work. They put too much work into that. They like get all the fucking kids in Stony Brook to write like a testimonial for them. It's like, I don't even, it doesn't even say what the prize is. It's just like some random magazine that has like babysitter of the year. Yeah. I don't think there was a prize. And they buried the fucking lead in that magazine. Was there also a thing about fire in there? No, Marianne's reading like this like magazine of like about like the most powerful people in the world. Oh, sure. These like like, creatures of like. Koch brothers. Wars. Uh, uh, Rupert Murdoch. It's called, uh, it's got a good name. Oh, it's just called Teenzine. Yeah, Teenzine. Yeah. And it's about featuring the Koch, Koch brothers. brothers. <laughs> yeah, this week on Rupert Teenzine. Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> you know, like, there's probably some, like, sultans in there. Like, who's the hottest Koch brother? <laughs> <laughs> Take the BuzzFeed quiz and find out. <laughs> Which Koch brother will you marry? <laughs> One of the models in Teenzine has everything pierced. Plus, she has about six tattoos. Um, no thanks. Yeah, no thanks, Marianne. You couldn't handle that kind of power. Yeah, that's this is whole economy. Oh, yeah. No, exactly. This is a confirmation that we were right. Oh, Baby Nation, this book does such a good job of just buttoning up a lot of our Everything. favorite theories. Yeah. And that is a confirmation of whole theory. Right. What we've suspected all along, the coolest, most attractive people are filled with unnatural holes. It's a sign of great man-made power. Man-made holes, and it's a sign of great power. Yeah. And if you think about it, a tattoo is... Oh, it's a million tiny... Thousands of little man-made holes. Yeah. Right? Amazing. Amazing. It's not about the rings. It's about the holes. Yeah. It's yeah. not about the rings. It's about yeah. the holes. We've people, been a lot of people that. get that wrong. Yeah. As you know from our very popular t-shirt, it's not about the rings. It's <laughs> yeah. about the holes. Yeah. And Marianne confirmed that this week. Can I read you some of the other stuff Marianne confirmed? Please. Cat people take over. Confirmed. Okay. Tigger, my pesky kitten, was at it again. I was trying to concentrate on an article called Makeover Mojo, but Tigger insisted on being the center of attention. He lay down on the open magazine, rolled over onto his back, and purred as loudly as he could. That's his way of saying, pat my tummy. I obeyed. I obeyed. I obeyed as a paragraph unto itself here. Oh. Marianne has capitulated to the cat people. Yeah. She's obeying their commands. They've infiltrated via Tigger, who I think we also decided the cat people are witches. Yeah, cat people, the way a cat person is made, you can be forgiven for forgetting this, but it's something that Nola put to bed. Mm. The way that a cat person is made is the witch and a cat in an unholy ritual become one. Yeah. Morbid uh, destiny became... Pumpkin. Pumpkin. Right. Which is not that Which intimidating. keeps an eye. That's how she keeps... Well, they, she didn't name herself. So now it's like pumpkin destiny. Morbida pumpkin? 
I don't like either. Yeah. Refrigerator play confirmed. Oh, yeah. Did you catch that? I caught a lot of refrigerator play. Do you want to do the sexy part or the sad part? Sexy. Sexy? Can we do the sad part after? Yeah. Okay. You want me to read it? Sure. Okay. Do you want to cue up some sexy music or something? Um, yeah. Okay. Sharon doesn't even have a sock drawer, as far as I know. I found her socks in the linen closet, in the china cabinet, and even once in the lettuce crisper in the fridge. A don't ask. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's none of my business. That's so rude. Yeah. That's the sexy one. Yeah. You've got a sad refrigerator plate, too? Yeah, I've got a sad one. It's a moment of pure beauty, and it's just two people exploring their love, physical bodies and their love for one another and the space around them. Yeah. And I don't understand how that could ever be sad. It's beautiful. No, man. Your socks end up in the crisper? That's like the purest expression of Mm. joy. You invite a horny ghost to that party, and you've got (laughs) me. I'm in. Yeah. 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 Woo. Hey, take your socks off. Uh, this is uncomfortable because we're in the same room. Put them in the crisper. No. <laughs> you want to hear the sad part? Yeah. That baby's f- flipping out. I don't know. What, is she, it laughing? Is it crying? I think she's changing him, maybe. Sometimes he hates getting changed. Well, does he like a poopy butt? <laughs> no, but he doesn't like having it cleaned either. I would love that. I would love it if someone just cleaned my butt. Would you, though? Are you kidding me? It's very personal. You got to release those inhibitions, Jack. And why is your butt so Feel dirty? the rain on your skin. <laughs> <laughs> no one else can feel for you. <laughs> Only you can let you. The sad part. Are you sure you want me to read this? Because it's actually very sad. Can we do instead of sexy music, we'll do sad music? Sad but sexy. Sad but sexy? I'm editing this. It's going to be really hard to find something that's sad but sexy. I don't care. What do you want me to do? You just fucking search sad but sexy? Do the fucking work, Jack. This is going to be so hard. That's impossible. Sad but sexy? What? Uh, how? What? Figure it out. Do the work. I'll figure it out. Eric and Sharon joined us as we picked our way into Eric? the Excuse me? Eric? I think it's one of the firefighters. Oh, okay. So now I've found some sad but sexy music and then also now have to fucking like stop it and start it again for your digression. Yes, but I wanted to invite Baby Nation in. Okay. They don't know who Eric is. Firefighter. Sexy. I think so. That's why we had to play sexy but sad music. Yeah. Because the firefighter is sexy. Eric and Sharon joined us as we picked our way into the kitchen, which was in even worse shape than the rest of the house. There was really nothing left in there except for the burnt-out shells of the stove, dishwasher, sink, and refrigerator. Car keys were still. Oh god! Her high heels are still in the other crisper drawer. Discarded female condom. (laughs) Still draped over the handle. (laughs) It's just so sad. 
Um, I am 100% convinced that refrigerator play is responsible for this house burning. <laughs> yeah, they they don't get into like the cause of it. They, it definitely started in the kitchen. Yeah, is what they say. The, Here, let me read this passage. Yeah, okay. I saw the fire chief approach our group. The fire is pretty much out now, he said. It'll be some time before we're done here, but you can go a little closer if you want. So far, um, it appears that the fire was caused by some f- faulty wiring in the kitchen. Uh, we'll have a report on that soon. <laughs> <laughs> All we know is it started in the kitchen. Yeah. It seems like maybe someone put something in the refrigerator that, that they, they shouldn't have. didn't belong in there, and it <laughs> created some kind of issue. <laughs> Maybe be more careful in the future. Yeah, yeah. I'll write it up as faulty wiring for the <laughs> insurance. Now that your rose is in bloom, light hits the gloom on the grave. This is maybe a trivial point to interrupt with Michaela, but I think I know what you're going to say. Mm. And I encourage you to say it, and I think it's something that we need to confront. It's just, I don't want to question these great men in any way. But I, I've i never really been able to understand these so-called refrigerator play segments. Uh-huh. It, it sounds like what they're referring to, Michaela, is the, the act of putting... A, Key, like keys. Is it alright if I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. An object, a key, or a, a hammer, or we'll keep this uh, PG. A tool or implement of some sort. Anything into, say, the yes of the refrigerator during the, shall we say, conjugal act. Right. But isn't isn't that? Isn't that the way we all do it all the time? Yes. Thank you. Isn't that the normal way that conjugal acts are done? Exactly. This has always confused me as well. I'm so glad to hear that. It, it, just on this listen, it sounded to me almost as if they were implying that there was some other way to perform oh. your carnal duties. Right. Like the before people had discovered some way to have intimate relations without... Putting refrigerators a or wrench in the shoes, crisper keys and bread baskets. Okay, or... all right. Well, let's not be pornographic. This is a family show. I'm sorry. By which I mean the global community is hanging on our every word. Are we able to bleep things in the future? <laughs> I suspect we are. Because I know it's something that the great men relied on a lot for their humor. <laughs> That's such a good idea. Perhaps I can use the quantum stabilizer to bleep out the parts that are too sensitive for outside of the kitchen. Speaking of audio that's too sensitive, Mm. do you want to get back to the episode? Ah, yes, certainly. This next part is very intuitive and easy to understand, and I'm looking forward to taking it all in. It definitely makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) And has for these past eons. Good. Um, Jenner, we need to talk about Claudia Kishi mm. a little bit. Good babysitter. Good babysitter. Dumb as a brick. Good friend. Yeah. Bad speller. Bad speller. Can't choose between the seventh grade and the eighth grade. Really just goes back and forth between those two things. Yep. Tanner, did you notice Claudia in this novel? Huh, no. 
She wasn't really in it. Conspicuously absent. You know, most of the girls weren't in it. Most of the girls weren't in it. Jesse, I don't think, comes up once. Dawn flies in. Dawn flies in. It's mostly a Dawn, Marianne, Christie focused book. And Christie's even pretty tertiary. Well, I was waiting for Anne to resolve this plot line. Which one? About Janine building a sentient oh, AI right. in her bedroom that is Claudia Kishi. Right. Do you think that happened? She doesn't appear in the novel at all. Is there? Can you do a search and see if she's mentioned? She's mentioned, but what it's it, non-speaking lines. Does it say that she's just ones and zeros and has basically become part of the code that's the fabric of our existence? Does it say that One in the chapter two? Let me look here. Because um, that would at least be a resolution. Um, yeah, I'm looking through my notes here. I do have one thing that might... There's. I have a note about Claudia that might be related to what you're saying. Okay. It's like in the chapter two. Yeah. Kind of skimmed it. Yeah, it's in the chapter two. Yeah. They damage her nervous system okay. with a wartime Russian mysotoxin. Mm-hmm. Strapped to a bed in a Memphis hotel, her talent burning out micron by micron. She hallucinated for 30 hours. The damage was minute, subtle, and utterly effective. For Claudia, who'd lived for the bodiless exaltation of cyberspace, it was the fall. Okay. Okay, so they did resolve that. Yeah. That's a very, that sounds a lot like William Gibson, like Neuromancer. It's not. Yeah. Um, Ellen's work is often... Confused with Gibson, yeah, yeah, it's like early cyberpunk. Oh, a lot of the Babysitters Club very books early. are thought of as early. I cyberpunk. mean, they started in '86. Yeah, it's kind of that aesthetic. Yeah, they came up with the internet with a lot of modern technology. Oh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm kind of going to walk some of what I said back. It's awesome that Anne and Ellen resolved the Claudia plotline. It's kind of sad, but yeah. Okay, great. Well, let's move on. Claudia is no console man. She's no cyberspace cowboy. <laughs> She's another hustler. Is this your commentary, or is that in the, also in the text? That's my commentary. It's very cool. Yeah. A very cool thing to have said. Yeah. Good. It wasn't William Gibson. Excellent. Michaela. Lakeland. Welcome back. Welcome back. At to here, where we have been sitting together yep. this whole time, quietly enjoying this wonderful audio recording. Yeah, I did go do some light purging. <laughs> it's two months early. Just because I'm so familiar with that last passage that we just listened to. And it is blaring on every megaphone yes. throughout the city. Yes, so I thought I'd get ahead of some of my purging. <laughs> It's very diligent. If you. you purge early, you actually get your return quicker. Purge early, purge often. Yes. It's the national motto. Yes. Michaela, something that's always troubled me about this most recent... I want to clarify that when I say I'm purging, I didn't mean like throwing up. I meant all crime is legal. <laughs> okay. All right, because that wasn't purging. clear to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You Excellent. know how we have that day called the purge where all crime is legal? Of course I, was I do. doing. I was doing that. Yes. Early. Not throwing up. No, good. Yes. I'm glad to hear that. Something that's always troubled me about this most recent passage, this most recent discussion, is the fact that they never raise what to me is a very salient issue. The fact that Claudia is very clearly a hilarious and clever Claudia-esque misspelling of cloud 
AI. Oh, huh. Which is obviously what Janine, the so-called Janine is, named her AI creation. Uh-huh. It's a pretty egregious misspelling. <laughs> but that's what cloud AI is known for. Yeah. No, I think, I think it's impressive that she can spell at all, <laughs> yeah. given that she's likely a sentient doll. Excuse me? A sentient living doll. A sentient... I thought she was supposed to be an artificial intelligence. Uh, Lakeland, mm. you and I are both Babysitter's Club Club scholars. Yes. Try to keep up. I shouldn't have to be telling you this. Okay. But what is a sentient living doll mm. if not an artificial intelligence? Huh. Are you with me so far? Of, of course. I think Ryoko Kishi, mm-hmm. Claudia's mom, yep. and Stony Brook's librarian, mm-hmm. is actually some kind of data mancer. What? Who's in charge of this cloud AI. Oh, I see. And it's where all the Leviathan's great store of knowledge is kept. So Claudia is the library. Claudia is the library. And that's why they call her mother the librarian. Yes. Oh, it makes so much sense. I prefer her by her other title. Mm, The data man? Yeah, I think I do too now. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad we went through that. And you have to have your main course if you're going to have your dessert. And this part to me is very much the dessert of the episode. Oh, you love the part coming up. You're always talking about it. Because they are about to talk about and we don't know much about them, but it is the greatest musical act of their generation. A band that I assume must have made the most beautiful melodies that set the world alight. And yes, yes, nobody yes. could ever top what Let's they did. Let's say it together. Yes. Seal. Uh, seal. Seal. What were you? What? I said, I was saying seal. What uh, were you th- going to say? Let's enthusiastically sing our national anthem now. So much a man can tell you, so much she can say. You remain my power, my pleasure, my pain, baby. To me, you're like a growing addiction that I can't deny. Won't you tell me, is that healthy, babe? Did you know that when it snows, my eyes become a large and the light that you shine can. Tanner, Jackie, do you want to put on our backpacks, get our trapper keepers together, and our pencil cases, put on our brand new clothes that we bought with our moms at Sears or Kohl's? Kids are us. Okay. And I don't think Kids are us is open anymore. Okay. Uh, J.C. Penny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gap. 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 Kids. Gap. Kids. Yep. Put on our shoes. J. Crew outlet. Wait for the bus with our new friends at the new bus stop that's near the house. We made new friends. Yeah. <laughs> and even though it's winter, like there's always that one boy who's in like shorts and a t shirt and he's like, That's me. It's cool. I don't mind. That's me. <laughs> and the teacher, one of the teachers on the bus. That's weird. Yeah. The chaperone. That's unexpected. And Tanner, go it- to. I gotta go to school. I gotta go to school. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. Cool. Oh, come on. I misunderstood. (laughs) 
you what you thought it was gonna be burn of the week. I didn't know where we were headed. Cool school. Cool school. What's this song? Gotta go to school. I gotta go to school. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta go to school. I here's my problem, man. What? I'm a little worried that my cool school is also my. feels good to yell it yeah here in this room together yeah and now that i understand the layout of your house yeah i don't understand why you can't yell it listen when the child is you're way over here in the north wing yes and the kid is way over there in the south wing. yes and there's an entire courtyard between you yes and you could easily shout yes but when my child is asleep yeah it is so important to me that he remained asleep. asleep. Yeah. So important. You could get like a heavy quilt to hang over this door. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the fact that we're ending our podcast mm-hmm. and you don't need it now, you could get a heavy quilt to hang over this door. We could read the super specials. Oh, I'd rather die. Okay, let's do cool school. I'm I'm gonna be the cool professor, and let's because we always somehow it always ends up that I I regret who I was in yeah. the moment it feels good and then when I listen back it's like yeah mm, I, that guy didn't come across the way I, well, I wanted him to you're a cool professor so this guy he's so it's cool school it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a high school okay it's a high school but it's like vocational okay just for cool it's like a text like a yeah and this guy my like, guy like that high school out on governor's island that only teaches kids how to be like sailors and see people yeah yeah. Yes, exactly. Right? And my guy is one of the he he's been around. Forever. He's not he doesn't come from academia. He comes from the field. He was out there just being cool. That sounds great. He was cool. That yeah. was a thing. And they like he like wore like like Oakleys. Uh-oh. And like now you're losing it a little like, bit, huh? No, and like uh No fear shirts. No fear and like he had like a champion one of those champion like starter jackets. Yeah. Um, Oakland Raiders and uh, and Jinkos. He had like not like too wide, tastefully, ta- like just but like wider than they should be. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. His mom was like when he was young. His mom was like, oh, I could fit. I could you could fit into one of those legs all by yourself. Yeah, but, like, yeah, yeah. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, and uh, he needs extra room for his like huge ding dong. Yeah, and he tells people that. Oh yeah, he says I wear these big jeans to make room for my huge ding dong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He doesn't say ding dong. He says that to everyone. Yeah. And and just cool. Just cool. But you know, whatever. I, you get it. Whatever. You think of what's he cool. He sounds very cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And my guy. No, wait. Hang on. Oh, okay. So he was out around and they found him. They're like, oh, you've been. You've been it. You've lived it. Oh, they found him in the field. And they're like, you. we need a teach professor. Yeah. He was at like a, he was at like a um, Puddle of Mud concert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, that were the, and there are a lot of A and R people. A lot of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And cool he was recruiters. like, he was really close to the front speakers, yeah. just like jamming yeah. out. Yeah, and it's like that must like you're, most people be like, oh, that must be really uncomfortable. And he's like, he knows about the band. He knows that they're called Puddle of Mud because like one time their recording studio flooded and like they described it as being a puddle of mud. And they're yeah. like, that's what we'll call our band. That's what we'll call our band. So yeah. it's like he's the kind of guy who like knows fun facts about Puddle of Mud. Right. Yeah. yeah. Two D's. Two D's. Yeah. Which is significant, too. Yeah. And there's a story behind that. Yeah. 
there's two D's because it stands for ding dong. <laughs> huge okay. ding dong. Anyway, cool yeah. guy. Found him at a cool concert wearing cool clothes. Yep. And they're like, we need a professor. It's an elite academy for cool kids. Yeah. That's me. Yep. And then you can just be one of the students who's just like isn't cool and is trying to learn to be cool because his parents like want him to be cool, but he doesn't know how. And so they put him into a cool school. And it's I am on the I'm a fellow teacher. Mm-hmm. We're in the the teacher's lounge together. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually writer-director Zack Snyder. Okay. Director of 300. Yeah. Director of Sin City. I think Suicide Squad. Director of... Tanner Googles. Zack Snyder. Justice League. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Watchmen, 300, Sucker Punch, Dawn of the Dead from 2004, Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul, everyone's favorites, right? And I'm in there and I'm like, I'm here to teach film theory. I'm obviously very cool. I'm wearing Oakley's. Okay. Well, I have like a huge ding dong. Okay. But they're tight pants. Oh, yeah. You see every. Yeah. vein on that thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. Okay. All right. So I'm the cool teacher. I'm teaching cool. And you're just, you're here for Cooler the, like, teacher. the elective class that probably not a lot that of kids all take. the kids really like, love. They're okay. like, I hear the professor's really good. And All right. So we're rapping. We're rapping in the, uh, yeah. And I hope you brought some cool things to talk to me about because I haven't captured it. I come in. I'm like saying, never made it as a blind man. <laughs> Never made it as a poor man. Oh, you like Puddle of Mud as well? Or is oh, that Nickelback? I think it's Nickelback. <laughs> Dis- it's disappointing you didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Whoa. The ember is the color of your energy. Also Puddle of Mud. Whoa. Uh, 311. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> yeah. I only like their early stuff. Oh, yeah, me too. It was actually on one of the earliest albums. No, I, the, even earlier. Down, the song Down. Oh, okay. Down, down. That's the only one I like. Yeah. So, um, hey, Zach. Hey. I didn't catch your name. Um, it's not important. No, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, what's a cool name? What's a cool name? What's a cool... Uh, Oswald. Shit. <laughs> Oswald. Zach. Hey, I'm prep. I'm prepping a a lecture, mm. like short for lecture. Yeah, I when I do abbreviations. Yeah, I prefer if it's a three or more syllable word, I just choose one of the middle syllables. Okay. So, um, like abbreviate, I, I'll say brief. Okay. And then if it's a two syllable word, I'll always choose the second one. Oh, so I would cool. call it a chur. A chur. That's much cooler. Yeah. All right. So as you know, I'm a teach. And yeah. I'm prepping a chur. Oh, wait. So wait, wait. I'm a tur. I'm a. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm a prepping chur. a chur. <laughs> okay, I'm a tur. Hey, as you know, I'm a tur. Yeah. And I'm prepping a chur. Yeah. And I was hoping you could help me practice a little bit before I go out face the kids, you know, face the audience. Yeah, sure, man. So you the, way, the way practice, I just, like, just doesn't come naturally to you? I, well, the way that I run my classes is kind of. I don't actually call them classes, I call them rap sessions. Oh, cool. Because it's just like we're rapping. Yeah, you know, rapping yeah. back and forth, me and the kids. And w- what I normally do, one of the kids asks me, I have them bring to class something that they think is cool. Okay. I tell them yes like a or turtle no. Turtle or 
No, like uh, usually a line from the Babysitters Club book. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like something that happens in a, in one of the Babysitters Club books. There are 131 of them. If you did a podcast, you'd literally never get to the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you did, you wouldn't know what to do yourself. You'd be very like anxious and nervous about it. It'd and, be like, terrifying. You like would f- flip out. Flip out. Like halfway through the record. Yeah. It would be very frightening. I mean, I guess you could do the super specials. Oh, I I heard that those are bad. Yeah. And that most people would rather die than read them or listen to a show about them. Anyway, when I'm rapping with my kids, yeah. um, I have them bring something cool. Turtle. They, no. <laughs> like a line from a Babysitter's Club book. Okay. It'd and, be pretty cool if they brought a turtle, though. <laughs> turtle they found in a field. That would be cool. That is That does sound cool. Yeah. Um, and then I just tell them if it's cool or not. So, can you help? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. And... Scene. Scene. Okay. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> that was cool of Zack Snyder to just be so like... It just kind of ended it. Yeah. All right, so... So, we so go? I'm going to set up a scenario for you. Okay. And this one, um, <laughs> I'm the coolest professor in the world and you're a nerd. Okay, great. This is like a new role play. Okay. And you're like the class nerd that okay. has like hygiene problems. Yeah. You don't like shower, brush your teeth. Okay. And then I'm like the sexy professor okay. who wears like hands and glasses and has like a corduroy jacket with shoulder patches. Okay. So. Uh, professor? Uh, yeah. Uh, can you uh, tell us something cool? Um, yeah. Okay. Here's something cool. And he pulls a turtle out. <laughs> Did you find that in a field? Yeah. That is so cool. It's very cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Class, today we're going to be discussing whether we're going to be discussing the books of Anne M. Martin and whether or not anything cool happens in them. I had you all read the text, book number 131, Fire Marianne's House. Very dark book. Sorry? It was a very dark. Please raise your hand if you're going to talk in class. Yeah. Uh, it was a very dark book. You thought so? Yeah. That's a pretty... They burn the girls. Okay. So that's a fairly pedestrian reading of the text. Okay. But Sorry. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Did you manage to find anything cool in the book? And you tell me something you think is cool, and I'll give you a letter grade. Okay. Okay. Um, the couple that's the the parents of the one of the the main girl, Mary. Anne. I, Mary Ann Spear. The, the couple that's the parents of the main girl. Richard and Sharon. Like, do, like, weird kinky stuff in a kitchen no, around the refrigerator weird is sorry it's not past judgment I, it's cool i think it's cool they yeah. do they do cool erotic things in and around the refrigerator yep. is that cool yep okay yep great that's all i ha- that i have why did you introduce cool school chat i thought you would have something why did you introduce cool school i thought you would have something you brought us all the way to cool school you, and you did this whole thing. You told me you had something. Jack, what have you done? You said it was also your burn of the week. I don't have a cool school. All I have is a burn of the week. Well, my It's parents, cool. No, my parents are going to ask for their money back from this academy. It's a public high school. Well, then they don't pay anything. We're going to transfer me. To where? All the other schools are bad. I heard there's this cool professor who they discovered at a Puddle of Mud concert who teaches in an elite academy. And fucking does preparations for his classes. I'm going to go there. I heard that he wasn't prepared and was constantly trying to workshop with other teachers. And 
wasn't cool enough to capture them. I heard Zack Snyder teaches at that school. Zack Snyder? Yeah, the director. Here's here's my cool school. Okay. <laughs> and it's also my brother movie. Charlotte Johansson is collecting testimonials from the kids around Stony Brook, uh, and they're all trying to say the right things. Okay. Tell me if this is cool. Okay. I have three instances. Okay, fine. And it's also a burn. What is what is that? I don't understand. This burn is, of the week. What is that? You understand what those four words mean. Burn of the week? Is that so, I, Sorry, I, I've been coming to this class. not speaking class. Greek. You know what those four words mean. I know what those four words mean, but I don't know what they mean in the context of this it's this Class. week. I have a the burn. Okay, and it's a that. This is that. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. And it's also cool school. Yeah. And ball, which is what we're at. <laughs> um. And what? I'm Adam Pike. Okay. I'm ten. Mm-hmm. How much are you going to pay me to say the BSC sitters are the best? It's cool extortion. That's cool. Yeah. That po- is cool. Positive extortion. They're trying to get testimonials. Yeah. For their nondescript babysitter of the year award. Yep. And the Pike boys. Adam Pike. Resort to extortion. I think that's cool. Jordan Pike, also 10. Or would you rather pay us to not tell how bad the BSC is? (laughs) That's good. Negative extortion. Protection racket. Yeah, protection racket. Exactly. Very good. And cool. We'll say whatever you want, but we'll need, let's see... $3.79. $3.79. Oh, I'm Byron, 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And Byron's like the accountant. Like yeah. he knows. He knows exactly how much they fucking need. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And he'll do anything for it. Yeah. It's not extortion. It's not protection racket. It's just like, this is a transaction. Yeah. And you know what I'll say? That's cool. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just a student here. Right. That's cool, but it's also like, it kind of feels like 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 a sick burn. Yeah. Like, like, if you were to talk about one of these novels every week. Yeah. And, like, picked out something like that. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. It would be, like, a one of, a burn of the week. Yeah. And then I go on to be the coolest professor of all time. Okay. Origin story. I become... Um, a down and out hobo. No, no, no. Yeah. My guy becomes Origin an astronaut, and he goes to a, a foreign planet, and while he's there, a symbiotic life form gets on the spaceship, and when he comes back... He lands successfully on Earth, and the symbiote attaches to him and becomes. And the only person who can defeat him is the coolest professor of all time, and it's me. End scene. End. Fuck. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) You want to hear my burn of the week? The symbiote also attaches to his wiener and makes it super big. Over. Okay. You want to hear my burn of the week? Yeah. Mary Ann's house. He's crying, baby nation. He's crying because we're at the end. And with that, I say that we take Jack yeah. a break. Okay. Will you compose yourself? Collect yourself. Get your head back in the game. You say goodbye. <laughs> you didn't even say goodbye.
Dave. Dave. Dave, I can, I can barely see you. Rich. Dave. Rich. Dave, thank God. Oh, you're not a ca- one of these cauliflower people. It's so dark here. It's so dark. It's so cold. <sighs> feels like we're in a freeze, like an industrial freezer. It feels like we're it's we're in an industrial freezer, but I don't. I want to be careful. <laughs> to not change the mythology, we are in the cauliflower universe. We haven't just been trapped in a freezer this entire time. Oh, I was certain that we just wandered into a freezer. No. We've been here for decades? It feels like days to me. Or days. <laughs> Maybe days. Hey, listen. Time has no meaning here. Can I ask you something? Yes. I'm thinking about... <sighs> oh, sorry. Just... Wait. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> sorry. I don't. Mm, I don't know. Oh, it's something in my throat. Oh, I yeah. Apologize. It's a weird eye. Dave? Like, it's the cold. I think it's the cold. Rich. Dave, I can barely see you. Rich, can I ask you something? It's it's so cold in here. But uh, I've been meaning to ask you. I've been thinking about this since we've been in here. Do you think... I, and listen, if this is going to be a problem for you, just say so. Yeah. Do you think I should ask Goliath for the CAO role? Can I admit something to you, Dave? Yeah. I was thinking about going out for that role. Oh, that's, but that's what I was stop, worried about. Listen, okay. no, listen. I don't, no, I don't want to step on it. I think you're right for it. Really? And I'm going to step down. I was in the Navy. And also, I'm not certain we're ever going to get out of here. Oh, yeah, no, that it does seem more pressing. Yeah. Okay. Maybe there's a, maybe there's something we can do to, to reach out. Dave, I meant to tell you. Yeah. I've been working with the natives here. The cauliflower people? The cauliflower people. Okay. They are primitive. Their technology is not... That seems problematic. Well, they're, they're sentient. And when I say sentient, <laughs> I mean like a human-like intelligence. <clears throat> yeah. P- pieces of cauliflower. Yeah. So, I don't... Maybe that is problematic. If yeah. it is, I apologize. Yeah. They're different... They're in a different stage of development as a society than we are. Right. But... I have been working with them, and I think I can. I think I can patch this through. Call up. Uh, who do you call when you're in trouble? I only have one number memorized. This is. It's a Goliath. It's the corporate headquarters of Goliath Industries. Dial that up. I'm gonna dial it now. Oh my god, I hope this works. If it doesn't, I'm gonna unleash all the hell on these couple people. 202 420. Six nine, six nine. Six nine. Yeah, we both know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. People, 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 people. Hello? 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 Hello, this is uh, Delilah, Goliath Hardbody's secretary. <laughs> Sir. Sir. Ma- ma'am? Oh. Apologies. Hmm? I didn't I didn't know if that was like a family name or what. Mm-hmm. Ma'am. This is Delilah Strong Nose. Strong Nose? Mm-hmm. Just really bad at the name, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Who is this? I can barely hear you. Sorry. Ma'am. Mm-hmm. This is Dave Hibson. Excuse me? That's not, all I can all I hear is cough. Cauliflower? Goliath hardbody. Excuse me? Cauliflower hardbody? 
Hello? Hello? I think it's a wrong number. Well, I can't hear you anymore, and I'm going to go. Uh, I'm, I'll leave a message for um, Goliath to uh, trace this number and uh, give you a call back. So, hello? Okay. All right. Well, goodbye. You said goodbye. And see. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>